This week on TSR, all the Marvel trailers. We watch She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. The new Thrawn trilogy. And we break down the first half season of Star Wars Resistance. All that and more on this episode of TSR. Listeners, welcome to TSR episode 201. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Brian. It is a very wet and dreary and thundery day here. It's gross. It is, yeah. So it's... you might hear rain dripping outside of our window. Or thunder. Yeah, but at least we're not having snow. This is true. At least we're not having snow. <laughs> uh, how's it going, Nancy? It's good. We've it's December a... now. It is December. It's full on Christmas. It's coming on Christmas. I'm cutting down trees. <laughs> Thank you, Joni Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else. Wish I had a river. <laughs> uh, we've been up to some interesting stuff. We have. Uh, we have a new obsession. Yes. And oh my God, I love it so much. She Ra and the Princesses of Power. For the honor of Grayskull! <sighs> It's so good. It's so good. So I have a history with She-Ra. Um, I was a child in the 1980s. I was a girl child in the 1980s. Uh, and a lot of girls that I knew and, and boys really liked She-Ra, Princess of Power, who was He-Man's twin sister. Uh, I know that I watched She-Ra. I had the action figure, I had the horse, and I had the crystal castle, which was really awesome because it had an elevator. Um, I know that I loved Shira. I could not tell you anything about the original show. How old were you when the show was on the air? Probably like four, three or four. When like, when when did it first debut? Like nineteen eighty four. I have so to look this I was up now. Three. Keep talking. I was three, so I know. I know that I probably was like elementary school, like kindergarten when I like had the toys and stuff. But like I didn't really I don't know if any of my other friends liked She-Ra. Like I don't remember like playing She-Ra with friends. I think I just liked it. And I didn't have like a brother or a, you know, male relative of the same age who was like into He-Man and we could play She-Ra and He-Man. So like 1983 by the way oh, okay so i was two <laughs> but like i i remember that i loved it um and when i heard that it was coming back i was like oh okay that's cool and that was pretty much my only reaction because i'm a normal human being who understands that things that are rebooted don't necessarily destroy the original thing <laughs> and i'm like oh okay well i sure have new kids watch Shira. That's awesome, I guess. Uh, didn't really think anything of it. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, that actually looks really good. And I don't have any sort of familiarity with the creator. Noel Stevenson. Yeah. I, I know her from the internet. Um, I know like 
I'm familiar with her, the stuff she's, uh, what was it, Lumberjanes is the mm-hmm. comic she did, but I never read them. I never, like, have read anything that she's done. Yeah, she's a, she's she was an Eisner Award winning uh, comic writer. Mm-hmm. But I'm not personally like familiar with anything, any of her content. But I was like, okay, well, that's really cool. I know a lot of people like her, and I thought the trailer was really interesting. Uh, and then everyone started talking about how good it was after it came out on Netflix. So I was like, let's watch Shira. I'm done with my Pitch Wars edits right now. Nothing to do. Shall we n- say how many episodes it was before we were hooked? One. <laughs> and it wasn't even that. We were part hooked, one. We were hooked like. 10 yeah. minutes in. Yeah. So, as I said, I don't remember anything about Sheer, the original show. So, I, when I'm, when I have no familiarity with the source material, either because I forgot it or I never read it or watched it to begin with, like, I always sort of default to the idea that the stuff they created is brand new. Uh, so, like, I I thought, oh, this is an interesting idea of like Shira being part of the horde. <laughs> then I read the wiki article. I'm like, oh, nope, she always was. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, well, all these new characters are cool. Oh, no, all these characters <laughs> you existed in the original show. <laughs> They're just a little different. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, so it was just funny. Like I was like, oh, I didn't realize all this stuff already exists already. I'm not, I'm not saying that's bad. I just like it seemed so new and fresh that I thought it had to be something created new for the reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, I did know Swiftwind though. You did I know Swiftwind. I had Swift and oh Wind. my god, Swiftwind is one of the best things about this new show. <laughs> I'm so glad that Swiftwind didn't become a thing until like the last few episodes. Like I think it was the second to last episode when like Swiftwind showed up and they're like, "Oh my god, you're Doc." <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny but um yeah so i so when i read the wiki article about the original shira just because i was curious at like what things were the same and what things were different and i think it was a really good decision to have adora i get okay we're spoiling the show just okay if you have <laughs> Uh, if you have not seen She-Ra... Stop, go watch all stop, 13 episodes watch it, of She-Ra. come back, because we're having a very big discussion about it right now, because we love it that yes. much. So I thought it was brilliant to have Leaving the Horde be Adora's decision, and not because He-Man showed up and like broke her brainwashing. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave her a lot of agency. I also like that she was serving the Horde of her own volition, not that she was like brainwashed, um, which... We can have a whole entire episode about the difference between indoctrination and brainwashing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially with children, um, because she was definitely indoctrinated into the horde, but she, and they took her when she was a child, so this is what she grew up with, and this is what she knew, but it wasn't like literal brainwashing as like you sci-fi, like making her think a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really liked the fact that she left the horde and was confronted with what they were doing and decided that she could no longer be a part of it. And that was all her decision, not because of her brother, He-Man. It made her a lot stronger character. I love her. I think she is great. 
I think she's such a good hero, and I just really, I really like her a lot. She reminds me of a combination of Finn and Rey. Oh, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, because she has the whole defector thing, but she also has the whole discovering who she is mm-hmm. no, and like the really power like inside of her. Also, um, can I say that a lot of Shira is what I wanted from the sequel trilogy? <laughs> <laughs> I think we had a conversation uh, towards one of the last episodes. We're like, this is kind of what I wanted the sequel trilogy to be. Yeah, like the whole, um, you know, chosen one sort of realizing your importance and like i know a lot of people love that ray is quote unquote no one but i i love the idea that shira or adora is someone important but we don't know who she is um yet and i really hope that that's explored in the next season like why she like what happened to her family Mm -hmm. um you 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 questioned whether or not you thought they would actually bring in He-Man to this series. I don't know if they would or not. I think it would be interesting. I would like to see Noelle Stevenson's take right. on it, Well, though. I think it would be interesting because it would be the inverse of the original She-Ra, mm-hmm. where, like, if the second season involves her delving into her past and finding out like who her family was and why she was left on etheria and then she goes to internia and finds her parents or if her parents are dead her brother it's sort of the inverse of he-man finding her Mm -hmm. (laughs) she finds he-man and also it could be a sort of thing where it's adam is not the he-man that we know like Mm -hmm. how adora is not the original Shira, yeah, she is like at one of the she like the. There's thing a is, lineage. Of- there's a lineage of Shiras, and it's been broken for a thousand years until she came. Yeah, so and it's took a very it's a very Avatar: The Last Airbender kind of thing where the Avatar has been missing for a yeah. thousand a thousand years. So I think it could be really interesting to have that same thing with Adam, mm-hmm. but also it's a sh- have it be in a show that's centered on. her. On her, the the sister, not the brother. Yeah. Um, and he could become an ally in the fight against the Horde. But either way, I'm up for whatever they do because the show is just brilliantly written. Netflix, I need my season two announcement. All all of the characters are great. Like, I they're so interesting and so diverse. Like, not just in looks, but in personality. And you know, there's villains who are funny like scorpia is hilarious i love her so much i stand scorpia she is like the she has the dry humor that i love uh which is a really good contrast to katra who is very snarky and she could be a character that could totally grate on your nerves but her having to play off like the deadpan Scorpia and then mm-hmm, later mm-hmm. later Entrapta is hilarious. Oh yeah. Also Entrapta is such a fascinating character. Um there was an article about her that I read and I can't remember oh, where uh, it James was. Whitbrook on IO9. Yeah, and how like her character is fascinating because she doesn't care who she's serving. She just wants to make crazy weapons and 
the horde will facilitate yeah, it. So what, and hap- what happens if you're a scientist without a moral code? You get entrapped. Yeah, like she's she's completely chaotic neutral. Like she does not care who she serves as long as they give her the the means to do her experiments. Mm-hmm. And Katra is smart and will give that to her. And um, the the princesses don't realize that Entrapta is still alive yet. They think she she died. Oh, uh, when they find out, and when Adora finds out, she's going to be devastated and really angry at herself. Uh, now, also, if you want to talk about actual abusive upbringings, <laughs> Shira and or Shira Adora and Katra, yeah, Adora and Katra, like they, I mean, uh, Shadow Weaver is not. A great uh, mentor person. Um, I really like her as a villain. She's very sinister, and her voice acting is tremendous, and her whole design is great. I should say the voice acting across the board yeah. in this show is stunning. Very wonderful. Um, and you know, Hordak is the the villain, and he is uh, you know sinister as a the the big bad should be um but yeah they have been taught that princesses are bad that they need to defeat them all that they need to spread the horde across etheria um and like not just as in what they've been taught but how they've been raised like Shadow Weaver pitted them against each other, like told Catra she was nothing, that Adora would always be better than her, and really just stoked her feelings of inferiority. Um, so yeah, that's actual abusive upbringing. <laughs> and I can 100% understand why Catra stayed with the Horde and mm-hmm. why Adora left. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think... I don't think it necessarily makes Adora a stronger person because she left. Um, because we see in the flashbacks like how Catra was treated and the fact that she takes Adora leaving as the opportunity to get everything she ever wanted is a really interesting But angle. oh, there was an episode near the end where it flashes back oh, to their that upbringing. Episode, yeah. That is one of the finest written pieces of animation i have ever ever seen yeah like i up until that episode i was like i don't like katra she's really annoying and she's really stupid and then we got to that episode and i was like oh i feel really bad for you <laughs> mm-hmm. um and i love the fact Ma- master class in creating sympathy yeah for, for an villain. antagonist yeah and i love the fact that she um Every time she's faced with the chance to do something good, she doubles down on being in the horde. Like she le- she saves Adora only because she wants her as her antagonist. You know, like she helps Adora leave when they go and try to rescue Glimmer and Bo. She lets her leave because she doesn't want her there with the horde anymore because she's holding her back and keeping her from getting what she wants which is really interesting and it just it reminded me of the whole um the whole throne room scene in the last jedi Mm -hmm. where you're like this is a turning point this is where everything can change and instead of the antagonist saying you know 
this isn't the right thing to do. <laughs> this other person's right. I think I'm on the wrong side. They're like, eh, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm staying here. <laughs> I'm going to be bad. Uh, so, yeah, it was a really good show. And, you know, we didn't even talk about a lot of the side characters, but, like, all of the princesses were great. Uh I like I love Glimmer a lot. Oh, and I adore Glimmer. Her relationship with her mother is heartbreaking. <laughs> and I you you mentioned this when we were watching I think one of the, after Glimmer is rescued and her and her mom are fighting and her mom was saying how she blames herself for her father's death and it's like, "Oh, it's the mother who's responsible for the father dying for once." Interesting way to interesting way to slightly invert that trope yeah I like i like that a lot i do too and uh you know mermista is probably my favorite supplementary princess <laughs> secondary princess because <laughs> she's just so bored with everything and she bounces so well off seahawk who is my favorite character of the show <laughs> <laughs> who is your favorite character of the show i mean apart from adora Yes. Um, as far as minor characters go... Well, just uh, any character. Well, yeah, besides Adora. Hmm. It, it wasn't trapped it right until uh, the <laughs> last third. Really? Uh-huh. So you stopped liking her? I mean... It's just hard to like her because you're like, what are you doing? Stop. Are you aware of what you're doing? Do She's you like care? a Nazi scientist uh-huh. who just doesn't care about what everything they're they're building mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. is they they care about what they're building, but not what it's going to be used for. <laughs> I think Swiftwind. <laughs> He's so funny. Swiftwind is really, so good, and I love Bo and Glimmer and their friendship. And that Glimmer was jealous of Bo taking Perfumia to the ball but she wasn't jealous because she likes him as a boyfriend she was jealous because she was worried he was gonna have new friends and forget about her and that's such a relatable feeling oh i know (laughs) um yeah uh so yeah our recommendation watch shira we're gonna watch it again we are (laughs) because it's so good oh and netflix i need the season two announcement tell me when you yeah. haven't even announced it's going to happen yet. Yeah. I need at least that. And I'm usually not like a huge animation fan. Like, I, it's kind of like, okay, like animated shows, I've never like really felt the urge to watch. But this one, I'm like, this is great. <laughs> Such a good show. Um, shall we take a BuzzFeed quiz, Brian? We shall take a BuzzFeed quiz. We're going to take a related BuzzFeed quiz. Which Shira and the Princess of Power character are you? Excellent. First, how would your BFFs describe you? Are you passionate, adventurous, loyal, nerdy, intelligent, or fierce? <sighs> hmm. How how do you think my friends would describe me? I would describe you as loyal. Okay. How would you describe me, Brian? intelligent really yeah. i was gonna say nerdy oh i mean either of those works <laughs> i'll pick nerdy okay oh this is gonna make me be entrapped isn't it <laughs> choose a color blue green pink purple blue bluish thing or red there are various hues on yeah. colors i'm taking blue uh i will take green pick a disney princess to fight beside 
Rapunzel, Tiana, Belle, Merida, Mulan, or Cinderella? That's Mulan for me. Yeah, um, I'm going to pick Mulan because she's a soldier. <laughs> what do you prefer to drink while watching the big game? Beer Oops, or wine? Th- oh, that's not one of the things. <laughs> I hate when they do that. <laughs> now, choose a snack to eat after a long day of fighting. Popcorn, candy, chips and guacamole, cookies, fruit salad, or veggies. You're taking popcorn. I am definitely taking popcorn. <sighs> chips and guac or cookies? Hmm. I think you're more of a chips and guac person. I'm a chips and guac person. <laughs> Pick a song to dance to at Princess Prom. And can we say that Princess Prom was the best episode? <laughs> Yeah, and I already see my answer here, but you can. I don't know any of these songs. Yes, you do. The last one. Sweet Creature by Harry Styles, My 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 by Troy Sivan, Consequences by Camila Cabello, I Miss You by Blink-182, Perfect by Ed Sheeran, I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. That's Obviously my answer. Obviously that one, because it's the only one I know. Because I'm somebody. old. All right. Feel I'm, also not, somebody. I'm also not going to know any of these. Finally, choose a Netflix character to date. Steve Harrington from Stranger Things, Harvey Kinkle from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Posey Washington from Orange is the New Black, Elena Alvarez from One Day at a Time, Theo Crane from The Haunting of Hill House, or Guzman from Elite. I don't know any The of only these. one I know is Harvey Kinkle, and that's only from other various yeah, Sabrina things, so I have to go with that, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to pick the guy from Stranger Things, because I like his hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, yay! Which one did you get? I got Catra. <gasps> I got Adora. Oh. <laughs> uh, you got Adora Shira. Your personality matches Adora. You are fearless. That is wrong. Charming eh, and sincere. Yeah, that's true. Like Adora, you're someone who would put your own life on the line to protect your friends and family. I don't know if that's true. I think that's more you, Brian. <laughs> While you're a reluctant leader who often seeks counsel from those around you, uh, you try to keep a positive outlook on life. I guess that's true. I do kind of try to keep a positive outlook on life. What's yours? Your personality matches Katra. You're cunning, misunderstood, and loyal. Like Katra, you're someone who isn't afraid to make tough decisions. I disagree with that. <laughs> While you present a tough exterior, I also disagree with that. Deep down, you have a heart of gold. You often Wait, take. She does. I uh, guess. <laughs> you often take a little time to warm up to new people. That's probably true about me. Yeah. Uh, but once you do, they're your friend for life. Okay. I don't. I f- feel like I'm more Adora than Catra, based on your description. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, so I don't know if this quiz is quite quite right. <laughs> but it was fun. It was. Okay. She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Please go watch it. Yes. So you can talk about it with us. We're gonna. We're now a She-Ra and the Princesses of Power podcast. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of talking with us, before we go too much further, uh, this episode of Tashi or of uh, TSR is brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. Uh, get in at the one dollar level, and you can join our Patreon exclusive Slack team, where you can talk about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power with us. Yes, and, and we have all- some questions that we're going to ask later on in the show that come from our Patreon. They do. One dollar. That's mm-hmm. all it takes. Yeah. All right. Time for the news. Yes. Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. There was a Captain Marvel trailer. Did you know that? Captain Marvel. <laughs> I'll let you talk about the trailer, Brian. What did you think about the Captain Marvel trailer? Oh, my God. It was amazing. It was amazing. Carol was flying things and punching spaceships with her fists and blowing stuff up and glowing. And it was awesome and awesome. And I can't wait until March. She had her helmet. She did have the helmet and the faux hawk. It was great. 
Yes. What did you think of the trailer? I liked it. I am excited for the movie, and I hope it's filled with 90s music. Her cat was in it. It was very cute. I'm sorry. That's her flurkin. Yeah, it's a cat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering, though, if it's like, because I know a lot of people are really mad because they changed the name from Chewy to Goose, but I'm wondering if she's going to get another cat later on. I don't know. I think the real story is it's just branding stuff that Disney's managing. Yeah. Yeah. It would be weird to like market a Chewy uh, Funko Pop <laughs> when you have an actual Chewbacca Funko Pop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay, marketing. Uh, but yes, I am very excited for Shira. I liked Captain <laughs> Marvel, you mean? Yeah. Why did I say Shira? Shira and Captain Marvel would be best friends. Would they not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited for Captain Marvel. Uh, I was actually really excited at how much Fury is in the trailer. And like Samuel L. Jackson is pretty much getting second billing for this movie. I've forgotten how much I miss him as Fury. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like you, we forget because of how many movies there have been. But he was like a staple in the beginning of the the MCU. Yeah, for the first phase and a half. Yeah. Like, he was the stinger for the original Iron Man. Have you heard about the Adventures Initiative? Uh, he was at the end of um, Captain America. He was a huge character in the first, or in uh, the first Avengers. And then he ended up faking his death in Winter Soldier, was it? And he hasn't really been around since then. I think he's turned up in some things, but it's really been, he's kind of been MIA. And (laughs) he shows up at the end of Infinity War only to promptly get dusted. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, it also makes sense that he's a big role in this movie because the person that he calls at the end of Infinity War is Carol. So I'm really interested to see what happens universe-wise to make her be gone all of these years? Like, what what has she been doing? Because obviously there's more reason for her to be where she is than on Earth with the Avengers. Yeah. Because uh, he would call her back otherwise. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm really excited to see more of Fury and Coulson, who will be in it as well. So. And uh, Orson Krennic is a scroll, which, yep. you know, it's, of course he is. <laughs> I hope he just chews the scenery in this movie. I mean, he's going to. That's what he does. That's why they hire him for movies. I love it. <laughs> That's why they hire Ben Mendelsohn to be in movies, is to chew scenery. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's also... Uh, the released all of the merch that's coming out for captain marvel oh let's look at some of this because i'm Uh, gonna need some a lot of hats uh t-shirts that i think you need both of them yeah i need both of those t-shirts there's the uh starburst t-shirt and another t-shirt that features the phrase higher further faster coined by kelly sue deconic and there's not a more because that's could be the second one (laughs) That's going to be the sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of bags. Uh, that jacket. jacket. That's a Hero Universe jacket, and it's already out. 
Um, I like the bomber jacket from the Disney store. Yeah, that is really cool. Uh, Captain Marvel sunglasses. I don't know what makes them Captain Marvel sunglasses. Yeah, they're probably branded somewhere on there. But, you know, uh, pilot aviators. I really like the dress. I could wear that to work with is a that, sweater. Is that a her universe? Yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. Um, I like <laughs> I like the the shirt, not the waist bag. Uh there's Captain Marvel t-shirts with like the starburst on it that I like. I could probably wear that to work. Uh there's a bike, a, a Schwinn bike. bike. The mm. watches are That's a neat very watch. pretty. Oh, there's multiple watches. Yeah. But you have a I have an Apple watch, Apple so I'm watch committed. Now, so Oh, that Invictica, uh the red and the, blue one. Oh, yeah. They're they're really pretty. Um I like the clutch. There's a throw. There's bracelets, there's pins, there's action figures and dolls. It there's a power glove, a bunch of Funkos. Yeah, it's great. I'm really excited. And books. Yeah, books. Uh there is a book um uh I can't remember. I think Test Sharp is writing a YA book that comes out in like February so there's going to be a lot of stuff and I'm excited for all of the merch yes and then if that wasn't enough that trailer came out on Monday Friday morning uh, Marvel just casually tweeted out the trailer for Avengers 4 uh, which finally revealed the title at the end of the teaser which is Endgame uh, said by Dr. Stephen Strange in Infinity War. Uh, so yeah, this was a trailer or teaser that did not reveal much except that the Avengers are sad and they are going on some last ditch effort to Thanos save Thanos made Steve cry, that bastard. Uh, not only that, but Natasha says that he destroyed 50% of all living things and that includes dogs. And cats. So, th- and all pets of all kinds. So, Thanos, can I use my one, the one F on the show? Yes, you may. Thanos can go fuck himself because he killed 50% of all good dogs. How dare he? What did they do to him? Nothing. I hate him <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah, we didn't see much of Thanos in this trailer either. Just a shot of his gauntlet yeah and then like what is that like a big statue of him like i don't understand what that is yeah no idea uh so yeah they are uh tony is adrift in space on the uh the uh thing what's the ship called the benatar no the benatar yeah there are he's a ship adrift on the ship i'm assuming nebula is with him yeah that should be not awkward at all uh, he's recording a message for Pepper. Um, and I think it's safe to say that Carol is going to come and rescue him. I just dare him to snark at Carol. Oh, my God. She'll kill him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like peop- some people were saying that they say, oh, no, the Asgardians are going to come save him. And I'm like, no, Captain Marvel is coming out really close to Avengers and uh, Endgame there's going to be a lot of tie-ins and I think it's I think it would be really odd if someone besides her came to save him 
oh no, she's only going to be out in the galactic part of the Marvel Universe and is just going to run into Steve or uh, run into Tony. As she's coming back to Earth. Answer Fury's page. Yes. What did you guys do? <laughs> Why did you mess up Earth while I was gone? Where's Fury? Dead. Coulson, well, dead. He wouldn't know. That's the thing. He'd have no idea. They have to get back to Earth and reunite with the other Avengers, and then it'll be really awkward conversation between Steve and Tony, and they're going to make up and fight their last stand together. And, and then they probably both die. Yes. It'll be sad. <laughs> We're so ready Steve for Steve better get his damn last damn dance with Peggy somehow. Uh, I know. Uh and then go, go get a dance with Bucky before shuffling Can we off. Oh, yeah. Okay. So people are mad that Steve, that Steve has his the thing with Peggy, the locket or whatever it is, pocket watch. Um, he's probably had that since World War One or World War Two, <laughs> Not World War One. That's Wonder Woman. World War Two. That's II. a different Steve. Yes, but he's had that since then, and people are like, why would he have that when Bucky was the one who just died? And I'm like, oh my god, you can have feelings for two people at the same time. Like, Steve can love Peggy romantically and love Bucky as a friend. He can love both of them romantically at the same time. Like, why, like, why do we have to do this? Because it's fandom and there's ship wars, but like... That doesn't him having a locket of Peggy doesn't negate any of his relationship with Bucky. Like there's a whole movie where he goes to bat for Bucky. Mm -hmm, <laughs> so mm -hmm. sorry, I just had to say that because it made me mad. And yes. people replaced, uh, people photoshopped that where they replaced Peggy's picture with Bucky, oh. and I'm not here for that at all because Peggy is great. Mm -hmm. And if anything, they are all boyfriend and girlfriend. Polyamory fixes all. <laughs> Embrace it. Love it. Learn it. Uh, yes. Uh, in other Marvel news. Oh, but we forgot the best part of this trailer. What? Scott Lang showing. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, well, Hawkeye shows up. So we know he survived mm -hmm. the snapshot. Do you like snapping or snapshot better? Snapshot, I, I like. I like snapshot. Hawkeye survived the snapshot, but he is not not Hawkeye anymore. He is Ronan, which is a thing, I guess. Yeah, that was one of his identities in the comics. Uh, he looks like he's seen better days. I'm assuming I, all I, of his family died. Yeah, I think his whole family got snapped. And then he probably blames himself for not going out and fighting. And Thanos. is on a very self-destructive yes. quest. And Nat has to come and knock some sense into him. Mm-hmm. Aunt Nat. Uh, we, all, we all see that uh, there's a shot where Scott, uh, Shuri, and Peter are marked as missing. Yeah. We know Peter got snapped. Yeah, but they don't know Peter got snapped. Shuri, this is just what I'm going with. Shuri's uh, the Black Panther and is circling the globe trying to find a solution to fix this shit. I don't want Shuri to be dead. No. But- I also understand why they need why they would have Shuri be dead because she would fix everything <laughs> if she was alive in a second, <laughs> which is why Carol Danvers could not be in Infinity War because <laughs> mm -hmm. she would just punch Thanos and kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and then at the you know very end, there's the whole like Avengers title with Endgame where we finally see the trailer, and then we go back to the Avengers hideout, and they there's a video of like like the Ring doorbell camera. <laughs> Scott Lang with the van behind him. And he's like, hey, uh, I don't know if you remember me. I met you a few years at an airport. Germany. I got really big. You know, Ant-Man. You remember me, right? You gonna let me in? And, and Steve's like, is this a recording? Is this old? And she's like, that's the front door. And he's like, you gonna buzz me in? Although now it made I'm me laugh really hard, and I was like, "Oh, good, we now need some levity in this I'm movie." I'm gonna point this one out to you. Um, did Scott get out of the quantum realm, or is he a scroll? Have fun asking that about everyone. He's not a scroll, Brian. He's too funny. You can't have that manicness of Scott Lang has a very unique manicness, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was very good to see him. So help me God, if Louis got snapped though, uh, I I'm more worried about Cassie. I know <laughs> for her. Oh. Although, what if Louis didn't, and then someone makes the mistake of asking him, "How the hell did you get here?" <laughs> Oh, can you imagine Lewis telling a story to Bruce Banner and he's just like, he makes that face again that he made to Loki. <laughs> I mean, the trailer is dark. I'm expecting the movie to have some levity, though. And well, ju- yeah, just because this is Marvel. Yes. Yeah. And that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of Marvel and some more bummer of a news, Daredevil is the latest Netflix Marvel show to get the axe. Uh Canceled after season three, uh, but we have to ask, what does this mean for Disney Plus? Yeah. Um, are they just canceling all the shows because they're going to start them over again on Disney Plus? Are they going to reboot them? Are they going to use the same cast? I mean, it's going to depend on what the contracts yeah. say. Like, if those if those shows were exclusive to Netflix and Disney can't bring them over, that's probably the end of the line for them. Which is kind of a bummer because people really like them and they did well. Mm-hmm. So. I think, yeah, they're basically going to be, you know, having everything on Disney Plus from now on. Um, And uh, (laughs) this is a really uh, stupid bit of news. Uh, Tumblr is getting rid of adult content uh, because there's too much porn, as in child porn on Tumblr. So they're... Their solution is to just ban all of it altogether. Um, and they're doing it via algorithms that suck. Yeah. Um, I've seen some really interesting Twitter posts of people who get things marked as, you know, porn and that that's mm-hmm. going to be deleted. Uh, and yeah, it's. Well, this is always. The harbinger, harbinger of doom for any sort of fandom-related platform. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> if you're not going to invest in humans to actually do content moderation, then don't bother moderating. Yeah. Uh, the algorithms just don't work. And how many... I mean, how many times do we hear about people on YouTube who get, like their videos pulled down because of some sort of copyright infringement when there's nothing there. when there's nothing there like either it's their actual content or it's fair use but 
anyone can just be like, oh, no, take it down. And they do. Like, their their default is not to question you about it, but their default is to take it down yeah, and, and you this, have to fight. There's this appeals process that goes into a black box and good luck ever hearing back from anyone. Right. So, like, if you are a fan artist who draws, you know, R-rated fan art and, you know, posts it on Tumblr, that's going to be treated the same way as, you know, child porn, mm-hmm. which is gross and wrong. You know, adults adults can curate what they see themselves. Yeah. And let's be clear here, what this new... And, and here's the dumb thing. It is still possible to find white supremacist propaganda easily on mm. Tumblr. <laughs> Anywhere on the internet, Oh, the really? children are safe now. Yeah. yeah. Like, I get it. Ban illegal content. Yeah, I mean, no one and, wants child porn on Tumblr. Yeah, ban illegal content... <laughs> Hire humans to moderate it mm-hmm. because what you're doing now, doing this so indiscriminately, is you are disproportionately hurting artists, um, minorities, and minority communities. Like, Tumblr has a history of classifying any LGBT content as adult content. And according to these rules, that content is no longer allowed, mm-hmm. regardless of. Uh, regardless of the not safe for work nature of it or not. Just discussing anything about being LGBTQ, uh, Tumblr is says is adult content. It's yeah. not even porn, and they classify it as that, and now it is banned. That's so, that's so wrong and infuriating. And they say they're only getting rid of, like, vi- visual content and not necessarily, like, uh, you know, fan fiction or anything written, but like, okay, well, what if there's fan, f- there's, there's like written things that depict horrible acts with children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, like how, how is that, how is that any difference? Like, and yeah, then how, then do we, do we trust them to say, okay, fanfic is fine for now. And then that changes a year from now. I mean, they've already proven they can't be trusted to moderate. Yeah, because they're, you know, my friends are getting email or getting alerts from Tumblr saying this is, you know, this is marked for deletion. And it's, you know, completely innocuous stuff. Yep. Even even art that's been covered up, like like I saw something that someone drew where it was like women who were topless and they censored it and they still marked it for deletion. So, yeah. Yeah. It's dumb. Tumblr is good trying to die because that's what happens to all platforms that ban adult content. They die. And not necessarily because adult content is gone, but because they prove that they can't. Well, because they decide be because they decide they're going to trust their moderation to algorithms. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Yep. And we've seen that those algorithms discriminate against minority communities. Yep. Regardless of what the content of those minority communities are posting. And that's yep. going to be the same thing that happens here. Yep. And Tumblr is pretty much dead as a result. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Star uh, Wars. We have some Star Wars news. Yes. Uh, first thing, your 
we're very excited about. Yes. I am super happy uh, they announced a new Thrawn novel by Timothy Zahn called Thrawn Treason. This marks the third Thrawn novel in the new canon, which I believe makes it a Thrawn trilogy. <laughs> See what I did there, Brian? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this will take place before the season finale of series finale of Rebels, um, and it involves um, it's. Let me let me get to the uh, actual blurb. Um, the cover is Thrawn and Palpatine on it, which is creepy. Um, so it says, um, now as Thrawn's TIE Defender program is halted in favor of Director Kronak's secret Death Star project, Thrawn realizes that the balance of power in the Empire is measured by more than just military acumen or tactical efficiency, even if the greatest intellect can hardly compete with the power to annihilate the entire planets. As Thrawn works to secure his place in the Imperial hierarchy, his former protege, Eli Vanto, woohoo, returns with a dire warning about Thrawn's homeworld. Thrawn's mastery of strategy must guide him through an impossible choice, duty to the Chiss ascendancy or fealty to the empire he has sworn to serve, even if the right choice means committing treason. That's a good pitch. Yay! So, at Dragon Con... I moderated a panel with Timothy Zahn and I asked him about that scene, about that scene in Star Wars Rebels when Thrawn goes off to Coruscant to meet with Palpatine and Krennic and how I was really mad that we didn't get to see that scene because that would have been so great. Um, And I asked what, how would, what would Thrawn think of Orson Krennic? Because I don't think they would get along very well. And Tim paused and said, there's a spot for a book there. I will say no more. You. Uh, yep. Yep. There is. is a, th- he was not wrong. There is a spot for a book there, and he could say no more. <laughs> so um, that's the second time Tim has pulled a fast one on Tashi Station, <laughs> Tashi Station crew moderating crew him. But the thing is, Luke, I wasn't even like trying to poke and say like, "Oh, do you got any more books?" Like I didn't. He's he, at the beginning of the the panel. He was like, "Let me just say right now." Like, you know, I don't have any other anything else planned. Like, I don't know what happens to Thrawn after Rebels. I want to know, you know, and basically saying what you know, I know, you know, and I didn't want to ask anything about like, what books do you have coming up? Because I know he can't answer that question. So this was literally just me like asking for his opinion of what Thrawn would think of Krennic. And I didn't think, you know... I figured he would answer the question. Like, I'm sure he would be like, oh, yeah, Thrawn didn't like him. But he was like, eh, there's a spot for a book there. And I didn't even think about, like, oh, my God, he's writing a book about that. I just thought, oh, he's keeping that idea secret because he wants to use it later. Yep, no, Pietro probably probably already had the draft finished. Yeah, he probably already had a first draft in the (laughs) time. Timothy's on! I shake my fist at you! So, yes, I'm very excited. I'm also, and never play poker with Tim's on. No, don't, because you will fail. I'm really excited that Va- Eli is coming back. I'm very worried about Eli, especially if uh, Tim was like, do you think Eli's safe out there? And I was like, ah. 
So now I'm very worried. I also he he said he had plans for several characters like Commodore Farrow, Pharaoh and uh, Admiral Aralani. So I'm really hoping that those two are both in this book. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. This comes out next summer, so we get Alphabet Squadron and a new Thrawn book next summer. Good year for Star Wars books. Yes, uh, <laughs> not so good for Star Wars. <laughs> uh, after the same day that the Thrawn book was announced. And the Thrawn book was announced on the Star Wars show. Yeah, it got a lot of fanfare. Uh, not a lot of fanfare was an article posted on the StarWars.com, which quietly announced a new comic called Vader Dark Visions. Which just so happens to be releasing in the same spot as the canceled uh, Chuck, Chuck Wendig Vader comics. Yeah, so this is not a replacement they claim. But it is a replacement. Um, I don't understand why they just don't cancel the thing altogether and stop trying to stop putting attention on it. I, like everything they do is putting more attention on I what happened with Chuck. I don't get why they are so bad at this. They just keep dredging it back up. Yeah. And Every time something new comes out that makes them look worse. Yes. Uh, so if you want some more insight on the whole on the situation with Chuck, the latest episode of Ditch Diggers podcast, which I believe was episode 71. Hugo winning podcast Ditch Diggers. Hugo winning podcast Ditch Diggers uh, has Chuck on as a guest and he goes into detail of what happened with Marvel and um, not only did they, you know, just call him up and fire him, but they wanted him to say that he wasn't doing the comic anymore because he was too busy. So basically, they wanted him to fall on the sword and, like, hurt his career by having it be like he can't manage his time and commits to projects that he can't finish I just, Instead I, of having them say, yeah, we decided not to work with him anymore. I cannot believe the audacity of Mark <laughs> Pan Panacea, the editor there. Like, and also, like, the fact that Chuck was, Chuck said, I'm, I'm going to talk about this. You know that, right? And he's like, well, what if you didn't? And he's like, well, no, I'm going to. And they're like, okay, well, you control the narrative. And I'm like, why didn't Marvel get out in front of this? And put out a statement just basically saying, we've chosen not to work with Chuck Wendig anymore. And that's mm -hmm. all they had to say. That's all they had to say. But well, no, they just remained quiet and had him and say what happened. Every detail that comes up, the only thing I can figure out is this is an editor with an axe to grind. I don't know. But it just seems like a really... It's, the whole situation is just so dumb. Like, if they really, if they, if, if they really, really didn't want to work with him anymore, then let just him cancel the project, or just, and, or and what happens in that industry all the time? You let that writer finish off his thing, and then never contract with him again. Yeah. You, and, you ghost, you ghost the writer, and I mean Chuck would probably be suspicious. Of why they weren't working with him anymore, but there wasn't, he wouldn't be able to say anything for sure. Mm -hmm. Instead, you did, you did this. Mm -hmm. And we know who was giving Marvel flack 
for Chuck, it's the Breitbarts. It's the Comics Gate. Yep. So when you go out of your way to fire a writer who is in Breitbart's crosshairs, I can only assume that means you value Breitbart's feedback more than anyone else. Yep. Which, again, is why I'm no longer covering comics on the blog. Yep. And it's, you know, a bummer because, you know, people have really loved the Marvel comics and, you know, the characters that have come out of the comics and, you know, it's unfortunate that this is sort of marring really great creators and books that they've put out. Like, I mean, maybe it did come from higher up, but at the very least, Mark Panacea needs to be off the Star Wars line. Yeah, it's it's a bummer because the previous editors were really great. Yeah, Heather and Jordan were fabulous. Yeah. They took such great care of the line. And they, and they were, had such great care for their writers and the product. And they were, you know, good with fans. So, yeah, it's it's Inst- annoying. Yeah, instead, now we've got uh, the line being edited by someone who's happy to follow Ethan Van Skyver on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Just what the hell? Mm-hmm. And has... I, I, I still just cannot get over the audacity of... Te- of trying to cajole Chuck into falling on his own sword. When, also, how dumb are you? Comics were always a side hustle for him. He didn't need comics. Mm -hmm. He was always going to tell everyone what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I'm sorry. Mark Panacea needs to go. Yep. He needs to be off the line. It's marring all of the Marvel comics, and that's not great because there are really good people writing marvel comics both in star wars and out of star outside of star wars yeah um you know and there are great characters like afra that people want to read about <laughs> but now i'm worried like uh what are they gonna do with afra <laughs> what's someone what what is an editor who apparently listens to breitbart and comics gate going to do with a gay woman of color character yep. how can i possibly trust that editor mm-hmm. with that character. Mm-hmm. So, uh, hey, I mean, Lucasfilm, if you have any clout, please try and push him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the line can't be trusted with him. Yep. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> uh, we've got some more Star Wars authors that are coming to celebration. I don't know if we talked about this on the this last batch, episode. No, this batch, no. Uh, this was most. Did more we talk recent. about the uh, the first batch? I can't remember. Okay, well, anyway, a few weeks ago, they announced the first batch of authors going to Celebration Orlando. That included Timothy Zahn, Delilah Dawson, Claudia Gray, Katie Cook, Alexander Freed, Kevin Scott, and Jeffrey Brown. I was really glad that Tim Zahn was coming back. This was before they announced Treason, so now it makes you know a lot more sense for him to be going to Celebration. And Claudia Gray... Um, because her book is think is coming out the week after celebration, mm-hmm. um, which I'm imagining they're going to be selling copies there, early, selling early copies of Master and Apprentice. And I've never seen her at a convention, so I'm really happy. Yeah, she went to, to DragonCon one year, the one year we couldn't go. Yeah, so I'm really excited. Um, also excited, Alexander Freed's going to be there because I hope they have posters for Alphabet Squadron. Um, but they announced three more authors who are uh, who write more uh, YA stories: E.K. Johnson, Justina Ireland, and Zoraida Cordova. And E.K. Johnson wrote Ahsoka and Queen Shadow, which will be out 
just before celebration. Uh, Justina Ireland wrote Lando's Luck, and Zoraida Cordova wrote a short story in the some from a certain point of view anthology, which is really odd to have an author come to celebration for just one short story that she wrote in an anthology. Uh, they brought Delilah Dawson to the last celebration after she had wrote uh, The Perfect Weapon, and they announced Phasma at that celebration. So, you know, people have been speculating. I think it was actually Bria who said, uh, I really hope this means Zoretta Cordova is writing a Star Wars novel about Poe, Shara, or Cassian. Oh my god, I would die. <laughs> right? A YA novel about Poe, or Shara, or Cassian would be great. Oh. Yeah, yep. I could see them doing a Cassian one because of the Cassian show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it would be timely. But I could definitely see something Poe-related for episode nine. Um, so I, I hope I hope that is the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, uh, the Galaxy of Adventures YouTube shorts went up on the Star Wars Kids channel. These are the, sh- like, literally short shorts. They're like a minute or a couple minutes long that um, talk about uh, the like basically retell parts of the original trilogy. So uh, that's exciting. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the last bit of Star Wars news is that um, the mid-season finale of Rebels aired today. If you have the app, it already you can already watch it. Um, and Leia is prominent in this episode and apparently has been recast so you might remember a little while ago the uh voice actress that was hired for leia uh, got herself into some hot water for mocking uh dr christine blasey ford uh while her testimony was going on and that that feels like forever ago and it really wasn't and like i kid you not like an hour earlier uh they'd released uh some new clips from Resistance, uh, which featured uh, Rachel Butera yeah, right doing voice work. Yeah. And she milkshake ducked herself <laughs> within an hour. Yes. It was stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, um, some backlash happened. I had a tweet go moderately viral that uh, made the rounds and uh, or pointing that out that made the rounds. And uh, yeah, so had been radio dark on that since that incident happened uh but today um with the mid-season finale uh leia was in it uh, as you'd mentioned nancy and i thought while watching it it she sounded a little different yeah than what i remembered um from that clip that they showed earlier uh and uh at the end i decided to uh rewind and pause the credits to see what was going on, and it turns out uh, sh- there was a recast that happened. Uh, Carolyn Hennessy uh, is now the voice of General Leia Organa in this show, and she also voices Leia in uh, one of the Lego properties. Ah, okay. Yeah, I they didn't announce this. It just happened. That's the way you should do these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Marvel? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, it's nice to know that i don't have to cringe the entire episode thinking about rachel butera i mean on on a serious note though uh the resistance production team are to be commended because it could not have been easy yeah it was like two like literally like two months yeah so within two months they had to recast 
and re-record lines. Right. And That's deal hard. with and deal with all of the contract shenanigans of firing one actor and hiring a new actor and to get that all done in two months. Yeah. Uh, that is impressive. I mean, you, the way production realities go, um, to make that happen, they had to have uh, they had to have gone above and beyond and put in a ton of extra work to do that. So. Mm-hmm. All credit to the Resistance production team. They didn't have to, right. but they did. They, If they wanted to recast, they could have easily said, okay, on season two, we're going to recast. Yeah. I mean, that would have been completely understandable. Like, no one, I don't think anyone expected them to be able to do anything for episodes that were already in the can. Yeah. But so, they, they did. So that's to be commended. Yeah. So well done, crew. Um, and, uh, I'm I am very glad that they recast. Yeah, me too. Okay. Should we do a quick breakdown of Star Wars Resistance so far? Boy, I thought we'd be able to get started on this one sooner today. <laughs> we had a lot to talk about. We we did. I mean, I'm I'm tempted to do a quick breakdown now and then do um I don't know, maybe like a 30-40 minute episode sometime in the next couple weeks. Yeah. Uh with some guests to talk about the show in more depth. Yeah. So we've had I think 10 episodes mm-hmm. so far. Um, I have really enjoyed this, the show. Uh, I know you you have as well. Um, it's very different from both Rebels and the Clone Wars, which I appreciate because, you know, we I don't want all Star Wars to be it, the same. It feels and, it feels like it's something other than a Dave show, which mm-hmm. I really appreciate. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's definitely a place for those shows, but it's nice to have something different right now. Uh, And we know, you know, like, the Clone Wars is coming back, so the people who are fans of those shows will have that. But um, I've... I really like the Colossus. I do, too. It's such a vibrant setting. Yeah. It's so interesting, like, the world-building possibilities for this show, uh, like... There's there just seems like there's so many different plots going on in the background and that, you know, each episode can be about something different. Like we've had episodes that have focused on racing. We've had episodes that have focused on uh, the First Order wanting to take over the Colossus. We have had episodes where that have focused on the Resistance gathering information about the First Order. So like all of these things are going on in the background and they're all going to come together eventually. And I think it's going to be really uh, explosive (laughs) for Mm -hmm. lack of a better term. Um, I've, you know, the racing has been really good. Um, I, I'm really interested to see how things progress with the pirates, um, especially now that one of them is on the Colossus. Uh, the Sonara who uh, Poe and Kaz found on the transport is now on the Colossus acting as an informer for the pirate groups. Uh, but she's also sort of friendly with Kaz and Tam and Niku. So what's going to happen with that? <laughs> uh, then there was that episode last week with just Kaz and Tora and her father and I'm really interested in the in the background between Tora and her father. And her father apparently was a member of the Empire. And now he's like, oh, 
I might have the First Order come to the Colossus and, like, protect us from the pirates. And when will you leave after that, after everything's fixed with the pirates? And I'm like, oh, my God, you're dumb. Mm-hmm. You think they're going to leave? <laughs> wow, you're an idiot. Um, but then you think, is he an idiot? Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you read Tora Doza's entry in the Woman of the Galaxy book by Amy Radcliffe. There is a very interesting factoid there. Uh, that her mother was a rebellion pilot. So her mother was a rebellion pilot and her father was an imperial captain. How did that work out? I need the backstory and uh, I'm wondering if that plays into Alphabet Squadron. Uh, Jay, uh, host of the Kanji cast, had a theory that um, Tora's mom is one of the pilots in Alphabet Squadron, and her father is one of the Imperials that they go after. And then they have a star-crossed romance. Oh, I love it, I love it, I, I love know, it. me too! <laughs> and now I'm going to be sad that it doesn't happen. I know. <laughs> but yeah, so I really like... I really like this show so far. I mean, it's only the first half of the first season. It's definitely got a lot of room to grow. Um, but I have enjoyed it and I think it's, I'm really excited to see what happens. For me, Resistance just hit the ground running a lot faster than Clone Wars and Rebels did. Uh, it's got its footing. Um, the cast is already fleshed out and I love so many of the characters. I mean, I really, I liked Rebels from the beginning. I Mm -hmm. will say that, but I think Resistance is different for me because it seems a lot bigger like rebels had a very small focus on the crew which i love at least initially right which i loved but this the colossus just seems so such a big place and so lived in um what are your favorite characters brian i really like torah yeah i like torah too um and tam i like a lot yeah a lot i know a lot of people don't like kaz uh, they find him annoying. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate on Kaz <laughs> because I know a lot of people hate him. Go, I, Brian. I like Kaz because he is al- allowed to be fallible. He is allowed to fail and he's allowed to call himself out and other people call him out. It's a very different thing for Star Wars animation. And I think that makes him relatable more than other characters who've ostensibly been the leads of their shows. I agree. He definitely is really, it can be obnoxious and he can be stupid and very naive, but he has lived a sort of sheltered life, you know, like he's been in the re- uh, the Republic Navy. His dad's a rich senator, so he's definitely like been, he he's definitely had things taken care of for him. So yeah. this is really his first step into a larger world. And I've seen a lot of development with him already. Like, yeah. he's still kind of zany and he's still like, ah! <laughs> but he is making less and less mistakes as it go on. Mm-hmm. Like, no, he's not a good spy. <laughs> yes, he's kind of obnoxious, but he's also very endearing and he has a good heart. And yeah. I think that makes him a he's really- kind of inverse Ezra in a lot of ways. Yeah, because he started off very, um, I mean, Ezra, Ezra was an orphan. He was on his own. Like, he had to be, like, he had to be in charge of himself. Whereas mm-hmm. Kaz has everything done for him, and now he's trying to learn to be his own person. 
And um, I, I think a lot of people struggle with Kaz right now because they've yet to see Kaz really in his actual element, which is flying. Yeah. And they've only done that a little bit. But I think even Kaz in his actual element is never going to be like the badass no. pilot like we're used to seeing. He's going to be, ah! <laughs> like, that's that's just who he is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I like him. I don't know who my favorite character is so far. I think I'm really interested in seeing what they do with Sonara. Yeah. Um, oh no, Jaeger's Jaeger's my favorite. Also, shout out to Niku. Yeah. I'm but Jaeger, I just I want to know more I, about him. His is the backstory I really, yeah. really want. Well, we know about him and his brother now. Mm-hmm. And his family dying because of his brother, which is horrible. But like I want to hear more about him in the in the rebellion. Yeah. Um, I would be really interested if he was also in Alphabet Squadron. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, do you have a favorite episode so far? I think mine might hmm. be either this week's or last week's. Last week's was the one with Tora like, and her dad and Kaz. I like this week's a lot, but I think last week is also my favorite. Yeah, this I mean, week. It, this is hard for me because I've really enjoyed all of the episodes. Yeah. So this week's episode was uh, Poe going off with, or Kaz going off with Poe to explore a First Order base and, um, you know, getting that information back to Leia. And I liked seeing them flying together and working together. Every time Oscar Isaac's on the show is great. Yeah. Um, but and I bless Oscar Isaac for not phoning in. And, and Gwendolyn Christie, no, too. Gwendolyn Christie's been great. Yeah, because she's like, oh, I get to say things. <laughs> but um, last week was great because we got a lot more of Tora mm-hmm. um, than we've had before. And I love I liked her re- relationship with her dad and everything. So I'm hoping we learn more about them. And yeah. What happened to her mother? Um. And what are your expectations for the rest of the season? So I'm going to make one prediction here, and that um, the season... Does it end with Hosnian? It either ends or near the end of the season, Hosnian Prime happens. Ugh. I really appreciated this episode that um, when they get the information back to Leia and she's all like, this will help us with the, you know, this will help us get people to know what the First Order is doing. And Kaz is like, well... I know senators like my father, this won't make them actually do anything because they don't want to believe that things are bad. And I was like, ah, to be able to recognize that about your father is harsh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So I wonder if Cass is going to end up going to Hosea Prime or... I don't think he will. Talking to his dad and then... I think he's going to find... I think he's going to find out after it's happened. Uh, it's going to be so sad and good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, this is a good show. It's great. I, I love it. I like it a lot. Uh, we have a Patreon question. Yes. Uh, John asks us, what anima- animation style do you prefer, Resistance or She-Ra? Um... I wrote raw. I wrote resistance of Shira, which I think would be a great show. <laughs> um, I have no opinion because I am terrible when it comes to animation. I just know I either like it or I don't. Yeah. Um, for me, um, I I'll preface by saying I do really like resistance animation style. I've always liked the cell shaded look, uh, but I do much prefer Shira and the princesses of power just because I'm predisposed to loving hand drawn 2d animation. Very cool. 
Okay, shall we tap out? We should. All right. Uh, this episode, actually, before I mention that, um, next show we record is going to be a mouse droid live from the Disney Fantasy. Mm-hmm. So we'll be able to talk. Are about... we actually recording from the Disney Fantasy? Again? Yes, yes, we are. Oh, why? Because we already promised we would. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna be eating during it though. That's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. So next thing we record is gonna be a mouse raid again. We're sorry for the low frequency of uh, shows the last uh, month and change. Just blame me. No. Uh, but, uh, after the holidays, we'll be getting back to a much more normal schedule. Yes. Uh, okay, this episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. Again, that's patreon.com slash Tashi Station. One dollar level gets you into the Patreon-exclusive Slack team. On Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi Station. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. You can find our columns and news at TashiStation.net. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we will catch you all next time. Happy holidays, folks. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. TSR is brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Visit patreon.com slash Tashi Station to help us keep the lights on and to get access to our Patreon-exclusive Slack team.